hey, it's Dave, and you know I'm not a fan of pre-rolls, so the fact that I'm doing one, you know this is important, and it's time-sensitive, because March 21st at 5.30 Eastern, myself and my favorite book guru, Thomas Umstadt Jr., are doing a webinar on book launch secrets. And if you go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch, you'll learn more about it. But I just wanted to get this in here because that's right around the corner. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash book launch. Today on the podcast review show, we are taking a peek at a time for horses. Thicken up your skin and get ready for a supersized serving of opinion. Delivering constructive criticism and powerful praise, it's the podcast review show. This is the podcast that takes the guesswork out of first-time impressions. You'll discover new podcasts while learning podcasting tips. Join in on the conversation via voicemail, email, comments, and polls. It's all at our website, podcastreviewshow.com. All right, welcome to the podcast review show where you, as we said, you get constructive criticism and powerful praise. I'm your host, Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting. And joining me, if you're watching the video, he's kind of down to the left, Mr. Podcast Talent Coach himself, Eric K. Johnson. How are you, buddy? I'm well, Dave. How are you? Good. And tonight we are talking with Abby Nebick from atimeforhorses.com. Abby, how are you? I am just fine tonight, Dave. And uh, let's get into a little bit about why did you start your podcast? It seemed like the thing to do, man. You know, <laughs> um, I, I, my son got me hooked on listening to podcasts and, um, and I listened around and I kept finding that there wasn't the show I wanted to listen to. And so I decided someone needed to do it. I you hear, know? I hear that a lot. I listened to something and something <laughs> Daniel J. Lewis started his show because he's like, they weren't saying what I wanted to hear though. Right. So right. that's awesome. Do you have any kind of that was sort of it. Do you have any kind of background in radio or journalism or Um, well, I was the radio station groupie in college. Okay. And so I played the bit parts in the the in the silly scenes and nice. um I was a theater major, so I so I was you know, I had I have a performing background and I sung and danced and you know, done all of that stuff but they never handed me the microphone, you know, except that when they needed somebody to do this little bit part or, you know, a promo or something like that. Got it. So you're, you're, the good news is you're, some people you put a microphone in front of them, they, they run away. Right. I'm not afraid of a microphone. No. <laughs> and I also, um, I also am involved in a promotion in, in an educational DVD series where I am the on-camera talent. Basically, I'm they they've nicknamed nicknamed me the chief explainer of the of the DVD series. It's uh, called Advanced Equine Studies, and uh, and we produce a series of kind of intense, very deep uh, educational stuff about horses. And see, I I am uh, that's a, the part I thought was interesting about this because some of your show I liked, some of it I got a little lost, and I don't know if it's because I'm not a horse person or not. So we'll find that out tonight. Um, All right. I was actually in Florida, uh, I guess it was a couple months ago, and I'm, I'm not a huge, I don't hate horses, they just scare the bejesus out of me, because right. I'm, I'm a guitar player, and anything that can take off a digit makes me a little nervous, right. Right. and so they actually talked me into to feeding Scooter, 
who is uh, Glenn the Geek's uh, horse down in Florida, right. and uh, that was a lot of fun. But uh, you were getting your hand right up next to its mouth. Yeah, I was actually. There, there's this whole thing, you know, in uh, so big old there, lips like washing your hand. The the lips are pretty soft. Yeah, yeah actually, it was. And uh, <laughs> but the the part that got me is what at one point they had two horses, one in each pen, and the one was getting a little like he's the even though he was the smaller horse, he was the alpha. And when those things like jump up, like when the ground shakes, that's when I'm like, Mm-mm, sorry, just, yeah, just right? they're, they're beautiful animals. But I was like, it just, it's hard not to like go, wow, that would go right through my foot. That would be a, uh, so. Yeah. Ever, yeah. I've had a couple, I've had a couple broken ribs. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> most horse people are like, yeah. From getting kicked or falling off. Um, well, t- kicked is kind of a stretch, um, because there's a part of the horse called the hawk that's like the part on the back leg that sticks out to the back and it's kind of a bony part. Okay. And, um, and if you're cuddled up next to that part of the horse too close when they twitch and, you know, kind of yank on you, then it'll pop a rib. Uh, yeah. Pop a Ow. rib. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, popped a rib. <laughs> yeah. Big deal. Awesome. Yeah. Eric, anything else you, we should talk about before I hit uh go on her intro? Oh, let's, uh, let's dive into let's it. Into Check it, it out. Yeah. I really, uh, well, we'll get into this. I, I, I'm Abby Nemec and this is a time for horses. Many people have sighed for the good old days and regretted the passing of the horse. But today, when only those who like horses own them, it is a far better time for horses. C.W. Anderson. You're listening to a podcast about people and horses. Each episode, I take a look at a true story that connects somehow to horses, horse people, or the horse business. I'll tell you the story, sure, but I'm also going to tell you why I think it's a story worth telling. So... Set the cruise control, step onto the treadmill, pick up a pitchfork, or pour another cup of coffee. I've got a story to tell you. Shake it! Break it! Episode 2, Flame of the Morning. This story's been told before, but it never gets old. At one time, it was nearly lost to history, but in recent years, it's been pulled out and dusted off, and not too late for some of the people who were there to have shared their memories of the experience. I'm drawing from four different books and a number of online resources for this story, because each has its own character and brings something different to the picture. You'll find information on each of the four books, as well as the other resources I've used, in the show notes at atimeforhorses.com forward slash flame of the morning. This is the first part of a three-part story about a real-life war horse who provided critical support to the United Nations troops during the Korean War. This support was a key contribution in holding the line of resistance, and as a result, to the outcome as it stands today. So, Eric, I'm going to let you uh, kick off uh, your your initial thoughts of the intro. I thought the intro was pretty cool. I like the um, the production elements used there in the introduction, um, and I like the way that we we set up the story and we got into it. Um, being only the second episode and being the first episode that I listened to, I would have liked uh, a little more 
background on what the the podcast was about, um, but not too much more. I thought there was an, uh, uh, enough there to know we were talking about horses. And the part in the intro where you talk about, um, I, I'm not only going to tell you the story, but I'm going to kind of bring it to life and and add a little uh, more to it. I love that part about it. Uh, I w- I'm not familiar with the story. And um, you set up the intro that it's been told a million times. We're going to tell it again because I think it needs to be told. I love that part about it. I think later on, once we get into the podcast, um, I think uh, there are some parts where we kind of get lost in the details, thinking people know the story, and I didn't. Um, But we'll get to that later. In terms of the introduction, uh, I thought it was very strong. I like the kind of the old-timey, uh, little rag band intro music. I thought that was pretty cool. Kind of takes us back to when uh, a time when horses were the uh, main form of transportation when everybody had a horse and uh, just a little nostalgic there. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I love the quote at the beginning. I'm not sure. Is that a quote that you use at the beginning of every or yeah. or uh, does it change each time? Yeah, that whole intro with the music and everything is the is the standard intro for, for all the episodes. Very nice. I love the way it was put together and produced. and. Uh, um, I would have liked to uh, heard a little bit about your background and uh, what makes you the horse authority that I should listen to. Um, maybe that was in the intro. Maybe that's in, in the way you introduce yourself. But other than that, I thought the uh, overall, the intro was pretty strong. Yeah. I, to me, when that came on, I kind of knew exactly like, is this for me or not? Cause it's like, this is a horse story for horse people. And I was like, all right, I <laughs> put on my horse people hat. Uh, I like that. I I'm dying. Who do you know who the music is? Is that Benny Goodman? Uh, no, it's a group called Lannan's Southern Serenaders, yeah. and it's from an uh, antique recording phone uh, phonograph recording archive. Okay, because I was like, so I t- I picked it because it's royalty free, right? That's it's it. Domain, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's funny. I've been watching, no, but I, I I hunted around for a long time trying to find a piece that did what I wanted it to do, mm-hmm. and um and I contacted some friends of mine who were musicians, saying, "Is this something you guys could do?" And and she's you know they said that we'd have to write something, and and uh, and then so I hunted around for a little while longer and found that, and I I you know from the minute I heard it, I kind of knew that that was that was that it. Was the, the thing that's usually yeah. how it is you're going through eight million songs and all of a sudden you hit one in here right. like oh, that's it right so <laughs> i love the feel of it it's a great it's a cool little ragtime piece yeah the the thing is we went because i was trying to find clips as we went through i have i just have a few but to we kind of have to do a spoiler we're going to talk a lot about episode two so if you want to hear this <laughs> go to uh, a time for horses.com and, and listen to it but the thing i thought you did a really good job of because the story is about a horse that helps out as we kind of heard there in uh, the Korean war. And you, for me, you did a great job of explaining the war and I'm, I'm picturing Molar Hill and, and toothache Hill and, and all these Vegas and all this other stuff. So I'm getting this picture. And, uh, for me, when you start talking about the guy that comes in to get the horse, I, my mind went right, right to, uh, um, Colonel Potter in mash, right. I'm picturing right. Colonel Potter as this guy. Right. So I really had the theater of the mind going and that's the part uh, and I learned, I, I mean, the Korean War was, I'm 52, you know, so it's a little before my time. Um, just a little. Just a little. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think my dad was in it. Uh, so I, I learned about stuff that I didn't know, and it was a cool history lesson. So I, I like that part of the, the story. Um, that was kind of what came up next. Eric, any any thoughts on uh, kind of how she went into the story? 
No, uh, again, I like the way the story's set up um, and the way that it's introduced. The the one thing I would have liked to have seen in the intro of this story is to kind of begin with the end in mind, um, because we we kind of set up. Everybody knows this story. Yeah, we're into the Korean War, but first a little background here, and then we start going into all of these war details and details about the Korean War. And I wasn't sure where we were headed, so. What I would recommend is start with the end in mind. No, uh, kind of give us a little spoiler. Like, uh, okay. here's here's a horse, um, reckless, and you know she played a big part in helping the 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 good guys win or whatever happened. Um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let me give you a little backstory on on how she even came to be part of this regiment, and then you back up and then kind of All talk right. about how the story gets in because. As you as you start walking into the story and we're given the history of the background of the war and and what the scene looked like, I thought you shared fantastic details. That's the thing I loved about your storytelling was I could really visualize when you talked about they had to come down the hill, they had to crawl under barbed wire, yeah. get across that zone, crawl under some barbed wire again, go up another hill. They're carrying the gun. They're carrying, you know, each guy could only carry. Uh, two rounds of ammunition because it was so heavy. I could picture all of that. And I thought that was fantastic, but I'm, I was, I, it kind of distracted me a little bit from the details because I'm trying to figure out where we're going. Cause I, I'm right. like, where, where's the horse? Like what? Right. That was, that's where's, where's the horse come in. The horse. <laughs> so, I, I made a I, note somewhere. He doesn't really come in till much later. Um, <laughs> much right. later. So right. I would have liked to have seen in the introduction, I'm going to tell you about a horse that whatever, whatever he does, because, and that's, that's the thing. This is part one of three. So I don't know what the, I don't know what reckless does. Right. I'm, I'm only got to the part where reckless is now like ready to go. Like rec, at the end of this particular, I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but at the end of this episode, reckless is ready for war. Like, let's go do this. And then it's tune right. in next week. And I'm like, Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, so I don't know what happens to reckless and I don't know what, where we were going. So I would have liked to have seen a little bit of that at the beginning of the episode and just kind of set it up for me. And then uh, here's where we're going. So it's like, we're taking a trip to Vegas, get in the car. We're going to Vegas. Now, let me tell you how we're going to get there. Right. You know, so I know where we're headed now. I can enjoy the journey. Well, that was it. And, so, and Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I, I'm actually enjoying listening to you guys say this because some of that is on purpose. Okay. Because I I kind of like that. Like, come with me. Like, we, you don't know where we're going, but just come on with me. And 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 I sort of want that to be characteristic style. But you guys, if you guys are telling me it's too much for a well, first time listener, then I might need to dial it back a little. Yeah, I was. You know I mean, I mean, you had some really great things like Eric was talking about the barbed wire stuff. That was also that to me. I, I'm picturing this green hill and it's really right. humid out and I'm just a great picture thing. And you had this one line that I cut out. It's like, oh, wow, that was really cool. Is uh, I'll tell you something, though, from all the reports I've read and putting this story together for you, Korea was not forgotten by the guys who were there and were lucky enough to make it out alive. And I was in a grocery store when I was listening to that. I was like, wow, that was good. That was like, that was powerful. Uh, Cause I remember at the time when you said Korea is known sometimes as a forgotten war. I'm like, it is like, again, I, I don't know that much about the Korean war from, right. I, I learned it from mash, you know, it was like, that was it. Right. So that was, and, there, and, 
I can understand where you want to create that sense of anticipation and and what's going to happen next. I think that can still happen. But if I'm a horse fan, I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about the episode. I turn this episode. Oh, hey, look, a horse podcast. Let's check it out. And I get into it and I'm going to tell you a story. And for the first, I don't know what it is, 15 minutes, all we're doing is talking about the Korean War and the guys and the fighting and what the landscape looks like. And there's no mention of a horse. And I'm 15 minutes into it and I'm going, I thought this was a horse podcast. Where are we going? (laughs) Right. So So even just a little bit at the beginning where you say, this is a horse podcast. Here's the horse I'm going to tell you about, you know, and kind of let me tell you how she came to be. And now all of a sudden. I don't know how we're going to get there, but at least I know where we're going. At least I know there's an end in mind. Right. And then there were some things that you did a good job of explaining the details. I have a clip here, one where you're explaining what the hands, how horses are measured. (laughs) I will tell you this for sure. There is no way that this mare was 14 hands. Even if the U.S. military was populated by giants in the 1950s, We know the size of the rifle. My best guess is that she was between 12 and 13 hands, or around 50 inches tall at the withers. She was legitimately a pony, but you'd better not tell her that. Now, I'm dying to know, is this a hand vertical or this? So it's this way. It's a man's hand this way. So my thought was after you went through all this stuff and cause at one point you go, it was either 12 or 13. And I'm like, so we spent like four to five minutes arguing over roughly four inches. And I was kind of like, right. right. That, except that it makes a big difference in the size of a horse. No, except that what that's my people, question. Some people have said that the horse was 11 hands. And some people have said that the horse was 14 hands and that's a foot. Yeah. That's a big difference. Okay, because that was because at one point you said right. it, it might have been twelve, it might have been thirteen. I'm like, then why are we arguing over four inches? And right. that's where I thought this but, was. But I bet this is a horse thing, right? You're talking about the difference between something that comes up to your armpit and something that comes up to your nose, right? right? So it's like it's a significant difference in height. Okay, um, between the two. That's what I figured because I'm like, this must be a horse thing because I'm like, okay, four inches. It still can haul, you know, right. gun stuff. So you know. So I, was, I love the uh, I love the explanation of the hands because I've been around horses since I can remember. My my dad used to board horses. We've ridden horses for a long time, and you know I used to go to the horse track, but I never knew. I'd always see you know twelve two or whatever, and had no idea how to calculate hands. I was just like, yeah, big and horse. That's, that's a really common story. I mean, my job now is in education about horses, and so. There are a lot of people who come in saying, oh, well, you know, my I've got a horse who's 15, five. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's Tell me how much you know about high. horses. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> well, that so, shows. But it's a common it's a very common misunderstanding. And even people who have a lot of experience about with horses there, you know, one of the places where I try to do those explanations are the places where people where there are common misunderstandings uh, and where the outsider is really not going to have a clear knowledge of that context. So I try to give the details when necessary to help the story for the person who doesn't understand about horses. Yeah, that was fantastic. And the person who does understand about horses, it's a great refresher for them. It didn't right. make them feel like we were going over a material we've already covered, which I thought was great. So we went from talking about the war to talking about how to measure a horse. Now, the good news is you did such a good job explaining the war. 
I'm with the dude under the barbed wire, like right. waiting for like, okay, when's this horse come in to save me? Because I'm, I'm doing whack-a-mole, making sure nobody hits me You're right. and I'm waiting for the horse. You do nine minutes on the history of horses in Korea. And I got to tell you, and again, I'm not a horse guy, but I was like going, does this really, because eventually you say the horse is a breed out of two out of three. And I went, that means one of these is completely useless to the story. So to me, I was kind of like, because that's when I was like, I really thought at one point, this must be what this episode is about. By the end of this, she's going to say, and you know what it was? It turns out it was a Palomino. And then we're all going to go, that was it. We guessed it right. Because I was, again, I was kind of in like, where's this going? Because I didn't know where I was going to go. And at one point, I'm going to date myself. You sounded like Columbo because you're going through. (laughs) In Korea today. The Hala numbers about three to one over the other two breeds combined. They are faster than the Jeju pony. And at the track on Jeju Island, there are races held for each of the two pony breeds separately. It's pretty easy to point to the Hala and say, that is the horse we see in the pictures. However, again, we are talking about a breed that really didn't exist before the 70s, when the thoroughbred first came to the country for racing. It just doesn't make sense. I can picture you in, in the overcoat. Let me see. Just wait. Look, you know, one more question. One more. Let me ask you Explain one more thing. this to me. So at that point, I was really like, is, is that going to be, is that the big climax now? Going back to kind of a hero's journey, is the end of this episode going to say, and we figured it out, the horse was actually a blank. Because I was like, wow, we're spending literally nine minutes going over this big mystery. And again, a part of me is going, this must be a horse thing. Cause in the end, I don't really care what it was. I'm more interested in what did it do? And now you've got me 10 minutes from the war and I'm like going, where's the horse? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I got, I got quite lost when we started talking about the breeds because right. we kept jumping back and forth between the Jejus and the thoroughbreds. Right. And then, and then you started talking about crossbreeds and the reason they crossbreed is because it makes them stronger, but now there's not as much consistency. Right. And I'm like, I, I listened to the episode twice actually, because after I listened to the first ep- for, first time I said, I started jotting down my notes and, and what I'd heard. And I thought, well, you know, the intro didn't really set up the horse part. Let's go back and listen to it again and see if maybe, it was just because I'm a first timer. And so I listened to it again and, and then just kind of confirmed my notes. And, and as I was listening to it the second time, when we got into that, the, the, the horse breeds again, um, I started getting confused and I know, I understand I'm not a horse person. Um, but you know, in the notes that we, we shared prior to going over the episode, it's, yeah, we want to talk to horse people, but we also want to talk to those people, um, that are, related and associated to horse people that might have a, a cursory interest in our episode that may not be breeders. So we're talking, you know, I love the part you started talking about the, the Jezu uh, breed. They come from the Island. They're specifically bred over there. I thought that was really cool. I'm getting into that. And then all of a sudden we start pulling in all of these other breeds and there are three different kinds. And then I'm uh, now I'm lost because I, it, there was just too much for me to okay. consume. Okay. So, um, it, and step back and as you're looking at your notes, what is critical to make the point of the story that we're trying to make? You know, it, we know where we're going. We're going to Las Vegas. What is critical for us to get there? You know, do we really need to talk about Connecticut? 
because that's right. not on, that's not from here to Vegas. You know, Connecticut, right. Connecticut's nice to know. Yeah, it's part of the United States, but it's not between where we are and where we're going. So just kind of as you're as you're uh, forming forming the podcast episode and forming your story, um, look for those those details where we might get lost in the weeds. Uh, because we're, right. st- we're we're starting to fall into our passion instead of telling the story that yeah. we're we're telling. Well, part of the reason that that ended up happening is because the different sources that I used all different all disagreed mm-hmm. on some of the details, uh, and in particular the breed of the horse. Yep. And so, what I was trying to do is add my expertise into this Columbo kind of, well, you know what, here's what I think. And, and uh, so I sort of went on this little detective trip to try to figure out, so they call it a Mongolian horse, but this person says it's a Jeju and that one says it's a Hala and, and people disagree. And, um, and so I, you know, I wanted to kind of disassemble that a little bit so that we could actually take a kind of clear-eyed look at it but i also totally get i totally get what you're saying about it kind of going wandering off because that's perfect though now if we're going to do that then let's step back and what what i would recommend you do in that situation is put your hypothesis right up front and say what you just said you know that as because at the very beginning of this in the introduction you talk about how you read multiple books and and used multiple resources and you're kind of cobbling it all together to kind of get the real story of what that is. So when we reached this point, it would have been helpful to me had you set up that hypothesis where as I look through all of these, it looks like it's conflict. There's conflicting stories on what breed she happens to be. As I sift through it all, it looks to me like she might be X because source one says this, which can't be true because of this source two says that here's the flaws in that. The thing I loved about the story is when when you really got into the personal part, you started talking about the book and how it was written by an author who tends to take a, a real story, but then turn it into a novel that's kind of right. based on the real story. And it's right. unfortunate that that's the only story we have. So we don't know which parts are true and which parts he embellished for the sake of the novel. Right. And I thought that explanation was really pretty cool. Had you set up the the first part of that is we're going to dive into this and kind of see if we can determine just from the the process of elimination what breed she happens to be. Um, let's go through it. That would have helped me kind of follow along probably a little bit better. Got it. The, the, the second time I listened to it, I heard this and that this is the one I was like, well, wait a minute. And you said this. Whatever breed this horse was, I look at her and think. With this sort of confirmation, she would be well prepared to travel at a modest pace for a very long distance. So in my podcasting head, I'm like, if it doesn't matter what the breed is, because you said whatever the breed was, this thing right. was going to like, why, why did we spend nine minutes right. going over the history of, you know, right. that's when I was Got like, it. wait a minute, hold on a second. Um, and then, so I'm still, again, I'm still waiting for the war and the horse, like put those right. two together. And instead, we went into the history of horse racing in um, Korea. And there was just, you know, more. Post-World War II, the Korea Racing Authority, KRA, continued the work of the Chosun organization in managing the sport. At the Seoul racetrack, it owned all the ponies. There was no prize money and track personnel, including trainers, jockeys and grooms, 
were paid by the KRA. End quote. And, and I think the, the reason for that was to point out that the guy that the army guy bought the horse from basically didn't have a whole lot of money because there wasn't any prize money. And right. th- that's why he sold the horse. So that's but why. He also, the, the other thing is that he may not actually have owned that horse. Right. Because he, oh, yeah. the, tr- the horses belong to the track. So here he, he just sold this horse to some guy. Got some guy shows up and says, I've got $250. You guys got a horse? And he says, sure, you take this one. Yeah. He takes the $250 <laughs> and off he goes, right? <laughs> so for me, this is where I was really like, I'm, I'm just like, are we ever going to get to the horse at, at this right. point? But- at this point, I disagree with Dave a little bit okay. here because I I found the discussion about Korean horse racing pretty interesting. And the fact that it had gotten on its feet like it was owned, the, there wasn't a purse. You weren't making a lot of money from racing. Obviously, the track was making their money from the gambling, but the, the guys working at the track, the guys running the horses, they were all owned by the, the, the track itself. And then the fact that the track kind of was sucked into the um, – the war, yeah. not only from the beginning when they dropped all the leaflets on it, but then it became sort of a landing strip and a base and the, the track was decimated. And then they tried to bring the track back to life. And then all of a sudden the, the was it the, the Chinese, Chinese, yeah. Chinese get yeah. in the war and, and pretty much decimate the track again. And I'm like, right. man, track can't win for losing. So, no. and then, and I thought that was, and, and the fact that she grew up on the track and the track was so close to the war zone which kind of mm, uh, got her accustomed to being around the noise. I thought the the history of the track and the way it related to the story was uh, interesting to me. See, there you go. And that that actually comes back in later in the next episode. Um, ah. it, it gets looped looped back in again um, because I talk about and not to spoil anything, but I talk a little bit about um, about how what she did she had been so well prepared for because of her earlier experiences. Nice. So now he, so the, the gentleman's sister uh, had to, had to go to the hospital or something. So yeah. he needed money. I forget right. what the story. Exactly. So he sold he the horse. Yes. So sold the horse for $250. Was that factual or was that from the novel? That's part of the, that's part of the, we don't know exactly what really happened because um, because the author went had supposedly went into into Seoul and and talked to these people and got the story and then he, you know, fabricated his own version of it. So we don't really know. Gotcha. So that you did know, come out of the novel then, right? It did. It so did it could be novel. true, but it may not be true. We don't know. Don't. Okay. We know what we know. What we know. What we know about the history of racing in Korea, right? Right. So so we know that, but there are pieces that we don't actually know because. We don't know how much of what he wrote is actually that. We know, we know the, that the Marine bought the horse from the track. Right. We just we don't know, know if the lady did a prosthetic right. leg. Right. From that point on, we know almost everything. Okay. Interesting. Right. So at the about the 42-minute mark, you really dive deep, deep into the horse. And I'm, I'm in heaven at this point. I'm like, this is cool stuff. And I'm picturing um, – oh, I didn't – I don't have that clip. It's somewhere where you you, <laughs> you say the horse is like Reba McIntyre. If, oh, right, right. if she had a yeah, long, right. and I was like, that was another great Imagine description. Reba McIntyre with a long face. Yeah. Right? yeah. That was Four it, feet and a long face. Yeah. It right. made me laugh. Um, but it also gave me an idea of like the color of red of the hair and the whole nine years. So that was right. another great description. Just your overall presentation was, was great. Um, I, I, your voice is great. Your pace is good. 
I, I thought that whole part was was great. But now you're talking about the horse, and now I'm I've got this mental picture. Now and I'm back in the war, right? I'm going back on the set. There's there's right. the molar. There's this and that, and there's this right. ratty old thing that they're dragging the horse through, and they're not sure if he's going <laughs> right. to get spooked or not. Um, the fact that a horse eats how much percentage of its body weight? Three percent, two to three percent of its body weight. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm picturing this poor little landscape and this, you know, uh, army cook trying to feed a horse with, you know, <laughs> that was my favorite part there's, of that. Is there how, are so how many angry great stories. The, how angry the the army cook was going to be because the horse is eating five pounds of food every day. There's, like, a, there's a story that I didn't even put in here about they had. Um, uh, now you imagine if they're making peach pie for an army, right? It's a big, big giant right. rectangular pan, right? With peach and the pie crust on the top and the, and the, um, the cookie had put it out uh, in back to cool and, Reckless trooped around the back of the mess tent and got into the pie and ate like half the peach pie (laughs) when nobody was looking. But yeah, there's all kinds of great stories like that. But the the fact that and this is where, again, you probably thought it was no big deal that a a horse will follow kind of the head of the herd. I'd never heard of it again. I, I thought that was amazing. The fact that they taught it to lay down and roll over and bark and speak and whatever else <laughs> right. it was doing. Um, right. I thought that was amazing. The fact that it, it followed the example of the people I could actually trust the humans around it. So that the fact that they right. weren't getting spooked, it eventually got used to that. I just found that whole part of the story was like, wow, this is an amazing horse. So that's she the was, part. She was incredible. She was amazing. Yeah. That's the part I was like, okay, now I'm like, all right, now we're to the horse. Okay, cool. Cause right. I, <laughs> I was starting to like, mm, not sure, but that really brought it home for me. That's when I was like, okay, this is now we're having fun. Um, Eric, any, any other things you want to talk about that part of the story? Um, no, I, I just love the details through the whole thing there there. As you go through the story, um, tell me a little bit about how you create it. Do you, do you script this whole thing out? Do you, it's the do whole you, thing is scripted. Do you yep. write it like a, like a research paper? I write it like I'm telling the story. Okay. And then, and then I go back and, and it's hard. It's really, really hard to write like you're speaking. Yep. You know, especially when I'm accustomed, like for my work, I'm accustomed to writing the like way you're you right. write. Yeah. You know, like, right. I'm, I got to be careful about this. So I, some, I have to go back and I have to like rip it apart and I have to rephrase stuff and take out, um, you know, stuff that, that reads well, but doesn't speak well. And I have to yeah. rearrange my sentences because you don't start with the middle of the sentence and then go around. Like the right. way I write, I use a lot of parenthetical phrases that don't work in, in writing, but yeah. Um, and, you know, part of that is because I've got killer ADD um, and uh, and it's nice. really hard for me to talk through something from the beginning to the end without like ending up somewhere in the weeds. And um, and so the script just like there was there was no middle ground for me um, with telling I, I, the story. I just wanted the whole thing scripted and it and it ends up feeling good. And I can actually go back and re-record something that's that got messed up. So and then edit that back in to fix the mistakes. So it actually benefits me in a lot of ways. Well, it doesn't only sound good. It sounds great. Yeah. I think you do a great job writing in a conversational tone and, uh, you do a great job reading it. It's, it doesn't sound, it, it doesn't sound like you're reading it. Like it's, uh, um, like very stiff. Um, but it also doesn't feel like you're just telling it to me off the top of my head with a lot of ums and I'm thinking about it. It it sounds like a well-scripted, 
news story or a, a, a news a news magazine sort of story that you would see on 60 Minutes or NPR or something yeah. like that. And you do a great job reading it. You're very comfortable and very conversational when you do. You have great details in there that bring it to life. Um, one recommendation I'd make to to bring it a little more to life, as, as I'm listening to it, it sounds a lot like an audio book. It's just like you're you're conversational and you're reading my reading the text to me. I'd like mm-hmm. to see maybe some production elements in there that, you know, just a little soft in the background to, you know, if you're talking about um, the guys that are crossing the, the road, but the, the uh, communists would get mad because there was too much traffic. So they'd start firing on them. Maybe it's a little, right. little firing sound effects in the background, just kind of give some ambient noise back there to support what you're saying, which would really bring uh, your words to life and, and create those vivid images in the head. <laughs> you yeah. know, if you're, if you, if it's a war scene or if yeah. it's a camp scene or something like that, that you know, I, maybe it won't work for your style. It might just be something you try in a production would, room and I see if totally, it works. I would totally, I am totally on top of that, except that it's one more step in production. I'm going to say, and, I said, and you just added another and, two hours to the episode. Right. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's, um, but some, some sort of, uh, audio think, image to I bring it to life like that. I love that idea. And I, I, when I listen back to my own stories, um, I, I, I want that in there. I want it's, you know, I mm. want sprinkles on the ice cream, you know? And, uh, and so I really want to do that, but I have to wait. I feel like I have to wait until I've got this thing knocked right until well, I know what I'm yeah. doing till I'm a co- I'm comfortable and I'm confident and the writing is easier and the research is easier. And, um, and when I get to that point, when it's all just kind of rolling off, then I feel like I want to add in some more production to it. So a little, uh, a little thing that might make it easier, a little bit of it will go a long way. So you don't need to do it through the entire episode. You might just use a little bit for a uh, transition, you know? So okay. if it was, if you had uh, a little, if you had a little uh, wartime audio as you're going into that part of the story, and then all of mm-hmm. a sudden we're shifting now to where we're at the racetrack, and you might have some audio to help make the transition in the story. So now yep. when you're going from scene to scene in the story, mm-hmm. it's a little piece of audio there. So maybe you only need three or four pieces through the whole episode to kind of bring right. it to life. And, that, but to help, because there's one part in there where you say, "Hey, if you like this story, you know," and the audio kind of comes in behind you, and you think, "Oh, here's right. a little transition," which will kind of break up 60 minutes of of straight reading. It'll right. give me a little transition between the pieces and make it feel more episodic and a little more um, a, a little more forward momentum through it. That actually helps me out with something because I did have a few places in the script, and I actually have a horizontal bar in my in my script in those places um, where I was, I was feeling like I wanted something there, but I didn't want to just bring in background music. Like, you know, I really, and I, but I, but I didn't want to leave a gap either, but I felt like there are these moments where I would like the listener to know that there's a break here. That's the thing I love about NPR stories is like, they'll be telling a story about uh, business in Shanghai and uh, they'll be interviewing a guy in a boardroom about the thing. And then all of a sudden you hear like the jangling of a of a shopkeeper's door and the ringing of the cash register. Right. And they say, you know, we're in a fish market in downtown Shanghai <laughs> owned by uh, Ho Min. And uh, then all of a sudden they get into that interview. 
but the right. little jangling of the door and the ring of the cash register, else, right? Right. It 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 changes the perspective of where the story is set now. Super. The one thing I thought you did a really good job of, and this is this would make it easy to add those, is so many people like just crash and burn on transitions, and you would just wait like an extra half a second if that was it right because you're that talking was, that was all i could do that was the only thing yeah. i could do without having to add production yeah. to it because you, you'd be talking and you had a pace and then all of a sudden you'd go there are three types of horses in korea and it was like <laughs> we're just starting it's like it was just this extra and i was like oh perfect it wasn't like because it wasn't like hey where'd she go it was just just enough to go oh we're changing subjects okay awesome you know so, what can i say something yeah you guys you guys taught me to do that oh there you go Yay us. Woo. <laughs> awesome. We're geniuses. <laughs> well, I wanna... Yeah, that was you, you did a great job going from scene to scene and transitioning. And I thought your pacing was great. The thing I love most about the way that you tell the story, which makes it intriguing to me, is your your mix between facts and opinion. Mm. Because you'll you're walking through the story, you're giving us facts uh, and details about the war. I mean, specifics down to you know, the, the gun length and things like that. Like we know specific facts that you're dishing out, but then you would get to the part where, you know, if you asked me, if I had to, if I had to predict what she was doing at the time he walked up to her, here's what I think would have been happening. And I thought that was really cool. The way you were mixing um, predictions and, and opinion in with the facts of the story. It, it didn't feel awesome. like you were just reading a research paper to me. You were really kind of, uh, engaging with the content. I thought and, that was really cool. And that and it was, was unique. That was also one of my goals. So good. Me. Nice. Yeah, you. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about your, your website. Hopefully you guys can see that now in theory. We still see you. You still see we, me. Uh, yeah. Let's try this again. Screen one. Share. There we go. There it is. Now the thing I have to figure out is how to, to do this at the end and not end the broadcast. Um, I love when you get there. It's like this big, huge, a time for horses. Uh, I, I love the font. The yeah. font fits with the style yeah. of the music that you had at the beginning of the episode. Just the, the whole theme of the website uh, looks and feels like the episode sounds. There's a great connection there. Yeah. And it's, it's, the opposite of every website I have. There's very little on it. It's super simple to navigate. Yeah. You've got it up here. Um, you've got your subscribe button. You've got a contact button. Um, you know, and everything has big giant buttons, so you don't have to to think about it. Um, the about page I thought had a nice story. Um, you know, of you and, and horses. Um, the one thing I don't know that does this explain what the podcast is about. I was trying to. Uh. to I not really. I it's really more about you. So I would I would add like, you know, about the show kind of thing. And this is the only thing that and it's not really a I wasn't sure why the the front page is really wide with big font and we yeah. go to this and I I know why it's only this wide. My guess is for phones. Is that Right. Okay. It's, it's yeah. Cuz I maybe I'm just old, but I had to to cheat and hold down the control key and and do this to <laughs> to actually read it. <laughs> Um, but other than that, I, I love the look of it and, uh, it's very simple. I just, for me, I had a hard time and then your show notes are, or, you know, you got, and you mentioned that a lot, which is great. You, you said here, if you go out to, you know, um, a time for horses.com. Yeah. Slash flame of the morning. And then here's all your show notes and you've got pictures. And this is where I was like, it's what was cool about this 
was comparing what I saw in my head to this. Cause that's exactly what I saw in my head. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Um, you know, and it, it did, it's, it's very much theater of the mind. And now I'm actually getting that, uh, picture. And then you actually find, is that the actual horse? That right there is the actual that's horse. Reckless. That's her. Okay. That's reckless. Okay. And so yeah. it was, uh, that's her during, during boot camp, during oh, hoof camp, hoof camp. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so I thought the show notes were great. And then you've got, uh, your more or less a bibliography at the bottom. Um, the one thing I'm not seeing and you're missing out on is these aren't links to Amazon. Um, at least they're not appearing to be. No, they're not. Oh, cause if you want to make, you know, 36 cents an episode or something like that, you can sign up to be an Amazon <laughs> affiliate and, um, and you know, earn a little, and what's always interesting about that is you'll put a link to the book and then somebody end up buying, you know, something else. Uh, yeah. Something else. Right. It's like somebody bought a frying pan from my book. thing. <laughs> So, um, Eric, did you have any thoughts on, on the website? I, I love the look of the website. I love the fact that you have pictures and kind of even put me more in the moment. I love the clean look of it. And I love the, uh, the old style farmhand sort of, uh, look of the font. It mm-hmm. really tied well into the, uh, into the episode and into horsing in general. Yeah. So, and I looked at your, your audio file, your volume levels are, are great. I thought the sound was fine. Um, my favorite weird I, it, with the sound, Dave, I, I heard some static a couple times, like between 40 and 45 minutes. Um, at first I thought it was, I was first time I listened to it, it was in my headphones and I thought, Oh, my headphone connection's kind of wobbly. And then the second time I listened to it was through Bluetooth and I heard it again. And I go, okay, now I know the Bluetooth isn't static. Yeah. I don't know what's, what's right. going on there. So no, I don't know. No, it was for real. The mic connection or something. Yeah. So. I don't know what it is. Um, I'm, I, I, resolved a lot of tech problems and I'm sorting them out piece by piece and right. uh, I'm hoping over time to kind of iron out those things. And, but that, uh, that was the only flaw I heard in the entire episode. I thought your audio quality was fantastic. The room, there wasn't any big boom. It didn't sound like you were doing it in a Canyon or, you know, oh, no, I'm doing it in my closet. Uh, yeah, Excellent. It, sound, it sounds great. <laughs> uh, the walk-in closet's a perfect place to record it because yeah, it just sucks up all the same. Right. It's, it's a walk-in closet with, uh, with a table and a mic stand and like, and the computer and the whole, it's like, yeah. The only problem with a walk-in closet is it rarely has a vent in there. So it sometimes yeah, it gets yeah. really hot in the walk-in closet, yeah. Yeah. but it sounds yeah. great. I mean, the audio, the quality of your audio sounded like you were sitting in a studio doing it. It sounded fantastic. Other than Excellent. those little static pieces, um, it was great. And like I said, there's, there was only one thing I saw from a technical standpoint, and it's, it's this whole weird thing that comes up in like every episode of the podcast review show, which is these things called ID3 tags. And why, no. why, I hate, why I hate them is because they're only used by a few different players, so it's not really – it's not a huge deal that they're not there. It's, um, it's just if somebody were to download your show to their desktop Can- and play it, yeah. It would you you get the you great know, music note of death basically. It, now I don't understand that because there, like there's. <laughs> well, you're you're hosting with Blueberry, so there's actually a, a setting you can go in and say when I upload the file, please write in my ID three tags. Well, you know, I was using Auphonic, or I am using Auphonic, okay. and they add the ID three tags at the end you know, when they, when they process it. Uh And so 
I so well. The, the is only that one, why is that why I don't get the why I get the well, gray look, music note on Stitcher too? Because uh, that was my question for you. Is that it comes up on on iTunes? It play it shows my cover art, but on and when I play it on my computer, it shows my cover art. But on Stitcher, I was getting this death note. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm running. I'm I'm calling an audible. I'm pulling up a tool here. Um, let's see for horses. Okay. You're using your feed from blueberry. So if the, the artwork is not showing up, you would want to, um, check it over on your website. Uh, make sure that right. it's 1400 by 1400 minimum up to 3000 by 3000. And here's it the is. other one. Make sure it's less than 500 kilobytes in file size. It is. It, then you shouldn't have a problem. So I would, um, yeah, you might want to uh, contact Stitcher and say, can you refresh my feed? Because it sounds like everything is there. And, right. and then the um, the great music, no, that's the only thing missing. I, I, if I said you don't have any ID3 tags, that's not true. The only thing missing is your picture. So, so and, and that's, you played it how? You don't- I, I played it. I went into, well, here, I'll just, uh, I'll share my screen again. Dave, you said um, what were the sizes that they needed to be between? 1,400 by 1,400 is the minimum size for Apple and then up to 3,000 by 3,000. And so um, this is a tool. I usually just tag my stuff before I upload it. Oh, and less than 500 kilobytes in file size is the the one. 500 kilobytes. Yeah. Um, All right. And so this is a tool called MP3 tag. So when I click on your file here, I can see here's your, you know, your title, your artist, your anything else. Um, but there's no artwork. And so I'm going to guess here if I right click on this and choose play. Okay, or not. I'm Abby Nemec, And my computer is freezing up. There we go. Horses. Oh, there it is. Yeah, um, there it is. Yeah. The infamous gray music note of death. So. So I have to go figure that out. Yeah. So either, yeah, check with Alphonic, make sure they're, they've got your image. Um, mm-hmm. or, I mean, at this point I could come in here and just right click and add a picture and, and then upload it to blue. Also blueberry will. Um, so if I just, if I just put that into blueberry, whether it's in Alphonic or not, it will update it. There's a setting in blueberry where you go into PowerPress and say, when I upload something, take, attach, attach these tags. Yeah. And it'll take your author name and the title of the post and all your show notes and put those inside the, the MP3 file. All right. So that'll that'll solve that. And again, it's 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 one of these. It's kind of a nitpicky thing, but it's and no, it's it's something that I was trying. I, I legitimately that was one of my goals was to make sure that I had that right. Yeah, so. And I mean, and uh, and then when I <laughs> when I when I went, it was it was working fine on iTunes. It worked fine yeah. on my computer. And then and then when I pulled it up on Stitcher. Uh, it it wasn't there. Yeah, that and is I probably just, like, a Stitcher problem because the it made me bang yeah, my head. Because I know the the podcast app on on your phone from Apple doesn't look mm-hmm. at ID three tags. It will only look at the one in your feed. Um, if you have if you use Overcast, it does. That's the part that drives me nuts. It's like this one does, this one doesn't. This one will do this. This one. But oh, it came up right on Overcast. Yeah, like I I played I played it on both and I played it on Stitcher and the Stitcher was the only one where it wasn't showing. So I'll I'll hunt around. I'll yeah. try again and, and so, put it into the Blueberry feed and see what I get. Here we Dave, go. what's the difference between um, tagging your MP3 file using uh, a piece of software like ID3 tags or 
um, doing the uh, the tags in like uh, Libsyn when you load it into Libsyn. There's that that uh, ID3 tag in there. The thing that um, and this is from the Libsyn guy. The thing I don't like about the Libsyn version is you have to upload your artwork again, where in um, PowerPress they just take your show artwork and put it in there. Um, and with, with, if I tag it myself, I can tag it with a smaller image. Cause, and I have to talk with some folks at Libsyn to make sure I have this right. But I believe the thumbnail you have to upload still has to meet that 1400 by 1400. And in general, that's not the size I want crammed into my MP3 file. Okay. I believe that that's the thing where I need to go. What, what's the deal with that? Um, I always just tag them myself cause it takes all of 15 seconds. Then I upload it to my media host. I just do it myself cause I'm a control freak. Um, and if you tag it yourself, do, do you have to use those same specifics when you tag it yourself? No, it's, it's the, I actually use, when I put the, the image in myself, I make a 600 by 600 image and technically okay. you could go 300 by 300, but I'm, you know, it's one of those things where I just, I've heard that if you put a big giant 1400 by, or especially 3000 by 3000, it's weird. It's in the MP3. And what happens is when you hit play, it sounds weird. It's playing the MP3. Of course, the MP3 is silent, but that's why you might have an extra like second and a half of silence when you hit play. You're like, wait, it's not working. Then it comes on. It's because it was playing your MP3 or not your MP3, your, uh, your image. Your image. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. So, and yeah. I'll tell you one thing that I learned um, doing this is that it has to be square. Because it has to be square. Because I, when I first got my artwork, it was for whatever quirky reason, it was a file that was fourteen hundred by fourteen oh one. Yeah, and yeah. it and it wouldn't take it. It kept saying it kept rejecting the image, and I was screaming and yelling because I because I was told it was fourteen hundred by fourteen hundred, and I didn't know until I actually opened it up and looked at it that it was actually one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there it's 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 <laughs> Apple. They like things pretty, you know, <laughs> but. Uh, the other thing I thought was great, we'll go ahead and play your outro here. I really hope you're liking this story so far. I'll be back in a few weeks with the second part of Reckless's story, in which our little red-headed heroine earns her stripes. In the meantime, you know what makes a good podcast great? More listeners. So, please do the three R's, go to your podcatcher of choice, and rate, review, and recommend the show. If you're listening to the show on the web, you may already know that our website is atimeforhorses.com, and you'll find the notes for this show at atimeforhorses.com forward slash flame of the morning. If you're new to the concept of listening to a podcast, Welcome aboard. You can subscribe to the show for free and never miss an episode. Just go to atimeforhorses.com forward slash subscribe for step-by-step instructions. Thanks for giving me your ear space. I'll see you next time. Everyone dance. remember it being that long.
It did. It does. You're like, oh, it's done. Oh no, it's not. Oh, it's done. Oh no, it's not. Um, but I, I thought it was a. I loved it because it was again. You had a great pace. Um, I love the fact if you're new to podcasting, welcome aboard. I did, that was just so sincere. Uh, I love that. Um, it was actually one of the, and you made it because really you had really just a, a couple call to act. Well, you had multiple rate review and, and recommend, but that's right, really kind of yeah. like one. I love the fact that you made it one <laughs> right. by have it's, it's the one thing I need you to do is the three R's. Right. Uh, which was kind of an interesting way of, of spinning that. Uh, Eric, what did you think of the outro? I thought it was good. I, I love the three R part. I thought that was pretty strong. Um, I love the step-by-step instructions on the website on how to subscribe. I thought that was a great idea there. Well, um, can, I, can I tell you something? Yeah. I, that was actually an idea that I had when I recorded it. And then when I sent it to my web designer, who happens to be my very talented son, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I sent it to him and he goes, Mom, it's not up to you to explain to people how to subscribe to a podcast. So it does say, you know, click here to subscribe, which is as close as I could get him to let me go. He, he just didn't want to overload that page. Right. Because that's his thing is like the clean design. Um, and, uh, it, I mean, he's big on don't overload this, don't pile this up, you know? Uh, so, so we, we had a little, um, uh, artistic differences over it. And in the end he won, but, but I, I, I mean, in the, in the subsequent episodes, I think I say, um, uh, for links for how to describe, uh, how yeah. to subscribe. So I think that was what I, they said. So. I think you could probably make it clean and and you know step one, step two, step three. Click yeah. here, do that, punch that, and you're good. So yeah, okay. I I love the fact that he keeps the website clean, and I love that he's such a stickler for that because your website looks phenomenal. And I'm glad that when you say load it up with a bunch of stuff, he goes, no, 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 that's not what we're doing. So yeah. I I like that you guys uh, counteract each other in that way. That's that's great to have him. So you don't, so Dave always calls it the creep, you know, all of a sudden you got yeah. a website that's just full of a bunch of crap because you just keep one more thing with that up there. Let's yeah. one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. Next <laughs> thing you know, is I can't find anything. Yeah. It's like My kitchen desktop. counter looks like that. You know, next thing you, you look at your desktop and you have 127 icons on your desktop because you, you know, the desktop is supposed to be there to make things easy to find. Now you've overloaded right. it. Yeah. Right. Same thing happens with your website. So I thought that was great. Um, I'd like to see you kind of in the future on the, on the way down the road, um, create some sort of community where fans of the, of the show can communicate or chat or get feedback, whether that's a newsletter or something more, a little extra, or, you know, it's where, where it doesn't require a lot of work from you. It's just repurposing of stuff you've already done. Maybe yeah, it's actually, uh, actually one thing that I, one thing that I have done that I would love to distribute, but I just haven't gotten as far as putting together an email list is, um, I have taken, as I've done each episode, I've taken the script for that episode and put it into a branded PDF. Yeah. So that's that, fantastic. So that if people are, um, are hearing impaired, they can still, you know, still enjoy the story. Yeah. Um, and, they, they uh, could they could subscribe for the transcript. They could subscribe right. for the bibliography that you use because you have great resources on the website down there. You, you know all of right. the links and everything. If you know if you want right. to dive deeper into this episode, sign up for the 
bibliography or download that or things like that. Because I think you have a great niche here of people who are super passionate. Horse owners are, they love, they love what they do. Um, You know, my nephew uh, uh, teaches riding uh, just north of town and, and he's just super passionate about it. And everybody that he associates with is, and I, I think it's a great niche. I think it's a very, um, uh, a very communal niche that you can turn into something down the road. You don't have to do it now. We're only on episode right, four. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> exactly. let's let's get into it and figure out where we're going first. But you know, right. just in the back of your mind, just as you're as you're creating your episodes and you start getting fifteen twenty into it, right. um, and we start okay, what do we want to be when we grow up? Where is this thing going to go? You get more efficient at producing the podcast where it's not taking you six hours; it's now taking you three right. or something like that. Right. Um, then we can add add that that next level to it. So that's keep that that's in the back kind of, of my mind. goal. That's kind yeah. of like yeah. the one thing. And this just came to me as we were sitting here. And if you did this, I missed it because I was playing with buttons and stuff. Did you do any kind of tease for next week's episode besides stay tuned for more stuff? Um, I did. In which okay. our heroine earns her stripes. Ah, okay. That's the, that's the tease. Got it. Cause I was going to yeah, see she talked about if you, I, I hope you're liking the story next That's week's right. part two. Okay. And we learn a little yeah. bit more about yeah. her. And um, yeah, that was great. I love the fact that it's uh, that this kind of encapsulates where she, how she gets drafted basically. Yeah. And uh, right. so it's a, it's a nice little story in and of itself, but builds on next week's story, which I think is pretty cool. So if somebody were to ask you, Abby, what is this episode about? What would be, if you had to put it in one sentence, well, I've put it in one sentence about it a dozen different places, but it's a it's about um and I think I said it at the at the beginning, it's about um a horse who became a marine. Okay. Cuz that's where I would then go back and say what of what of those details that you gave reinforce that story. That's how I when I like I'm doing a a, a thing at, at right. a presentation in next week. And everything that's a slide, I look at and go, does that reinforce my main point of my presentation? Because I'm with you. I can go off in the weeds super duper easy. I have have one slide where I'm still going to do it because it's a weird picture of Dave in spandex. But uh, other than that, everything is is right on point. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But uh, so uh, but no, just to kind of wrap things up, I, I really thought the just your whole uh, like Eric was saying, I knew you were reading it, but it didn't sound like you were reading it. And and it was just kind of like, but you weren't just like, let me tell you about this thing. And it was a horse and there was a guy. It was just, and it just was smooth and it kept going. So I really liked your presentation. Uh, Love the website. Really, the only thing for me was I just got lost in the, the details. And that might be because I'm right. just not a horse guy. So Eric- and, and I think I think Eric's point of <laughs> that it's possible to set some of that up and to surround it with some content that will yeah. make it more relevant. And that it ends up like, you know, we're walking along and I go, oh, come on, let's run into the weeds for a little while instead of saying, let's go in the weeds for this reason. You know, I, I think I think that's that was a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, I think that will help you in the long run. I love the details that you give. Uh, They just need a little more context. Right. But the details, uh, I could I could put myself in Korea hearing you tell the story. I thought the details and the way you you communicate the stories phenomenal. I love that. I loved your interesting mix of facts and opinion. It just kind of it really gave it a unique spin. I thought that was really cool. 
um, uh, just find a way to not get so lost in the details. And, you know, it, when it, when it becomes more efficient and you can add a few production elements to bring it to life even more, I think that just takes your podcast, uh, to a whole new level and really makes it come to life in the mind of the listener. I liked it. It was a great episode. Yeah. Any final questions before we, uh, say goodnight? I think you guys, you guys uh, gave me a lot, a lot of stuff to work on. And I'm really excited about that. I think that's, um, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. Our pleasure. Thanks for being here. Man, I guess our work is done then. So Eric, uh, tell everyone where we can reach you. You can find me online at podcasttalentcoach.com. I have some helpful worksheets there. I got a workbook, all sorts of free videos for you, all kinds of great fun stuff. It's online at podcasttalentcoach.com. And And Dave, how about you? Yeah, you can find me at schoolofpodcasting.com. And Abby, last but not least. Um, I am at atimeforhorses.com. And I hope you guys will come on over and listen to all my other pieces of The Reckless Story. And if you'd like to be reviewed on this show, Abby, you didn't cry, so congrats on that. That's where no, we, no tears. Yeah. See, I, like, no tears. <laughs> just go over What's to that? just go over to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me, and uh, you can be next in line. So thanks everybody for uh, tuning in, and uh, we'll see you again real soon with a new episode of the Podcast Review Show. And thanks for the folks in the chat room. Yes. And that'll be it. I didn't even try to mix in music. I'm just done with that because I'm always horrible. So <laughs> I'll mix in the outro music later. But uh, that'll be it. So thank you very well, much. thanks, guys. I had a dream last night prior to doing this, Dave, where we said, you know what? It's time we make somebody cry. And then we just came on and we were just totally <laughs> ripping stink. the podcast apart. I was yeah. like, when I woke up, I was like, whoa, what is going on? It's <laughs> not what we do at yeah. all. I, I had a conversation in class today where I, one of my students said, you'd throw me out of class if I said that. And I, I thought for a second, I said, I don't think I've ever thrown anybody out of class. And then one of my other students said, no, once you told me if I was going to sleep, that I should probably go sleep in my dorm room. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So, yeah, so I'm not one to throw people out or make them cry either. Yeah, I did have to pull somebody into a hallway once and just say, if you could if you could kind of stay with me, uh, because you're (laughs) you're I have to keep going and fixing everything you're doing because you're just playing. And if you could just kind of just do what I tell you to do. (laughs) That was always fun. So, oh man, awesome chat room. Any final questions before we hang up? Thanks to Gabrielle for the nice comments. Yeah, so awesome. You gotta start farming your son out, make some money on That's him. It. Oh, he's he's <laughs> awesome, by the way. Um, uh, yeah, uh, and I I was I don't even want to say his website because I might get it wrong. It's rbloxum.com or rickybloxum.com, but I think it's rbloxum.com. How do you spell bloxum? B-L-O-X-S-O-M. See, I was looking for... See, he's he's really nice. He didn't put... A lot of times it's like, you know, web design by so-and-so at the bottom of your page. And Yeah, well, it's he's in the credits. The okay. show credits. He's there for visual design, so... Ah, there you um, go. But, uh, yeah. Awesome. All right. So... Well, thank you very right. much. Well, thank you, guys. Yep. Have a good night. And, you uh, Eric, I'll let you know when we get another one in the, in the pipeline, so... Fantastic. I look forward to it. Right. And I'll be listening. Great. Awesome. We appreciate Great. it. I promise. I right. promise. <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Bye. All right. See we'll you guys. See Thanks for tuning into our show. If you'd like to get reviewed, go to podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. Want to give us a review? 
go to podcastreviewshow.com slash iTunes. Links to today's podcast, along with ways for you to connect with us, can be found at our website at podcastreviewshow.com. Looking for an in-depth review? Need some podcasting pointers? Sign up for a coaching session with Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. Hey, it's Dave. Thanks for sticking around here. Again, this is not the norm, but we've kind of got a time-sensitive issue here because this webinar is March 21st about book launch secrets. It's myself and Thomas Umstadt, and then he's going to talk about this course. And it's going to basically go over everything you need to know about launching your book. And you'll learn proven principles and methods to help your next book or get your first book off the ground like a rocket. Thomas, the same way that I live and breathe podcasting, Thomas lives and breathes books. And then what's beautiful about it is his kind of mentor, James L. Rubart, it's kind of like getting Han Solo and Yoda at the same time. And the reason I think this is so important is this is the last time they're teaching this course. Now, the webinar you're signing up for absolutely free and you're going to walk away with a lot of great ideas and an offer. We're not going to lie to you. They're going to talk to you and ask you to take this course, but there's so much value in just the free webinar. I wanted to let you know that it's going on and it's happening very, very soon. March 21st. Look at the calendar. Yeah. That's like, holy cow. It's coming right up. All you have to do is go to school slash book launch. That's school slash book launch. I can't wait to see you there.